0: Hey, gruntheads! I just want to chime in here at the top of the episode before we get into it uh, by stating that uh, today, the the day that this episode is released, happens to fall on Mister Truman Cap's birthday. So uh, I would like you all to join in with me in singing him happy birthday. Ready? <clears throat> here we go. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday dear Mr. Caps. happy birthday to you. Truman, I hope you edit this out even though you're done editing. <laughs> happy birthday, buddy. Does everybody know what time it is? Time to get your counters ready. Truman's about to unleash a record number of Randy is Randy jokes. (laughs) You know me too well, and it's grunt work. And I think it's going to be a long, long time. Till Wilson brings me round again to find, I'm not the grunt they think I am at home. I'm a tool man, and this is Grunt Work, your one and only podcast for the TV series Home Improvement. I'm your host, Truman the Catfish Man Caps, and with me as always is Landon the (laughs) (laughs) Houston-we-have-a-problem-man-solano. Am I too ascertained to infer that uh, in, in your story, Wilson is the tool man? Well, no, because Wilson is what brings me back around to find that I'm the tool man Okay, got I, it. Okay. It's, I, it's the journey. Paul is the walrus that sort of thing. Yeah, okay. yeah Something like well, Paul is dead actually <laughs> uh, Yeah, I didn't you know the thing about rocket man is that the song doesn't make a lot of sense in the first place So it's pretty easy to swap around with uh, with with home improvement lines. You know what? I don't think it's Wilson I don't think it's Tim. Yeah, I think it's you you are the rocket man. I <laughs> bitch uh folks if you if you weren't listening to us one minute before we turned on the microphone we were just trying to name every nicholas cage movie we can and um thank you you're thank welcome. you for that for that callback that only i can appreciate truman it's good to see you buddy it's good to, it's good to see you too especially when you're doing your uh your um, your i was going to say your owen wilson impression except owen wilson is not the star of the rock wow <laughs> wow they, they're gonna shoot nerve gas into san francisco wow <laughs> he wasn't in The Rock, but he was in Armageddon. He truly, true, he was. Well, Armageddon had a much more kind of body or happy go lucky feel to it than The Rock. Yeah, nothing says body and happy go lucky like uh, the entire world being threatened by an asteroid about to demolish it. Well, okay, yes that that is that is dark stuff. But then the notion that hey, uh, human existence and civilization, our beautiful society with its music and its artwork, is going to be snuffed out. Let's send Bruce Willis, Steve Buscemi, <laughs> and Ving Rhames who. That's right, folks, not astronauts, just some blowjobs who work on a drill rig. Let's send them to fix it. The fact that that's humanity's response makes it a lighthearted movie. I'm going to give you a little confession about that movie for me. Okay. Everyone, you know, you uh, you don't want to miss a thing, blah, blah, blah. Bruce Willis sacrifices (laughs) himself at the end. That's not the movie. That's Aerosmith (laughs) talking. But that's what gets, that's what everyone talks about when they're, when they say they get emotional, you know, oh man, the, the, the the bros who, who cry at Bruce Willis sacrificing himself for the world. Sure, sure. The thing in that movie that makes me cry, even though I'm not a fan of him as an actor is uh eddie griffin's dog being killed by an asteroid at the very beginning you know that is i remember when i was a kid and i watched that i was like man they they turned it up to 11 right away in terminator 2 they couldn't have the t-1000 one of the most iconic (laughs) villains kill a dog because that would have turned people too much against the robot but they have an asteroid kill a dog how do you know that the t-1000 wasn't actually uh born from that asteroid was the asteroid sent from the future to the past, and his little liquid metal came from the center of the asteroid? I mean, did we become Alex Jones just immediately? Is that, is that <laughs> what we're doing now? Are we selling time travel uh, time travel timeshares? Uh, uh, maybe. I don't know. we uh, we got to give that time to develop just like a, any good conspiracy. Um, but what we do on this show is we watch an episode of Home Improvement. And... Landon, I can safely say we did watch an episode of Home Improvement today. We did. We certainly did. This really was very much a Home Improvement episode and I'll go one better. This is the first time in a long time where I haven't watched the episode and thought, you know, this was great but a Muppet Babies would have been better. (laughs) This, This one had that kind of it again it had the body circus like yeah. atmosphere of an Armageddon or a Muppets baby <laughs> that uh really uh I don't know it, it left me with a song in my heart I have yes, to Yes, it had a little panache on it and I I, I really <laughs> it uh... put a little stank on that one. <laughs> I appreciate it after uh the troublesome come of a couple of episodes we've had here so Yeah. Uh you know what? I I just I I have this inkling this urge to tell you what this episode was about. Okay, well why don't you tell me what this episode is Thank about? Thank you, you for being an enabler. You. Yes. <laughs> Your, your terrible habit of describing things. Uh, all right. This week on Home Improvement, Randy has been cruising the dark, neon-lit streets of the internet in search of <laughs> single tra- chat rooms, uh, and he's found a boo uh, from St. Louis named Molly. In an attempt to woo her, uh, he has been using Tim's old love letters uh, to Jill as an inspiration, and... Uh, by inspiration, I mean straight-up plagiarism. True, truly academic dishonesty. <laughs> he should be expelled from Tim's house university. Uh, however, when Molly shows up at the Taylor's house unannounced, Randy's Plandy <laughs> unravels. I had to get it out there before you did it at some point. Thank you. I love that you have to now set controlled burns so I don't come through <laughs> and burn down the whole forest. Meanwhile, on Tool Time, Tim is given the honor of speaking with the astronaut crew of the Endeavor, who have brought some space tools for show-and-tell. <laughs> I cannot stress enough to you how far from left out of left field these fucking astronauts are. Would it be so far that it came from outer space? Uh, yes, the far you you go to the far left, you super far left past Antifa, it's just outer space. That is <laughs> that is the furthest thing. You go straight off the planet and through the atmosphere. Oh my goodness! I have. I, yeah, do you want to guess what the title of this episode is I called? Have some speculation? Okay, and I tried really hard to come up with some that were related to To the Randy luring some poor unsuspecting woman into his house. <laughs> okay. Couldn't, couldn't think of anything about that So okay. I had these instead in space. No one can hear you grunt. Ooh interest a good one. Thank you. Thank you Interstell Al <laughs> <laughs> D minus no no <laughs> No C plus. It is a, that is a C plus joke, and ground control to Major Tim. Damn, that's a good one. Thank you. I thoroughly enjoy that. So one. on the average, if you grade on a curve, yeah. interstellar Al. That kind of pull, those other two. I, I don't get what the play on words is on that one though. Interstellar, but interstellar. I changed one of the letters. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing, Landon. Al is my favorite character Fair. on the show. Yes. And Interstellar is probably one of my top four favorite movies about space. Mm. So uh, I put my chocolate and my <laughs> peanut butter together, is what I'm saying. All right, and and, you and don't now like we races. all have to listen to you chew it. Yeah, <laughs> gross. Yeah. Just... Um. Those, uh, do you want a hint? Do you want to? Do yeah, you want me to give you a hint for one last guess? Give me a hint. I okay. love it. I will. Uh, this is uh, give you two hints because one you you touched on. Okay. The first hint is that it does have to do with Randy's story. Okay. The second hint has to do with think of. The, the year that this was made and what kind of alt movies were super popular at the time. What kind of alt movies were po Oh, not The Net. <laughs> you know what? That would bring my Sandra Bullock storyline full circle and I would love that. Yeah. It's not that. It's not The Net. It's not... I. I it's like, okay, I know this movie... I know this episode is from 1994 and it, in my mind, to my limited knowledge of... What movies came out in the 90s? It's like 1994. What movies came out? Jurassic Park and Pulp Fiction. Those are the only two movies they saw. (laughs) Forrest Gump. Jurassic Park, Forrest Gump, Pulp Fiction. Uh, Schindler's List. None of those. (laughs) Okay, well, it's a heavy but good year at the movies in 1994. I'm not saying it's from 94, but it's in the era. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Jesus, okay. Well, to keep the demons at bay, (laughs) uh, I'll just tell you, which is... Reality Bites. Oh, man. But it's B-Y-T-E-S. Okay. (laughs) You know what? Just, that's a cheeky title episode. I give that one an A. Yeah. That one's one's good. I liked it. Shame on me for not getting that reality. It's not quite as if in the writer's room, I had to choose between reality bites and uh, ground control to Major Tim. (laughs) I would go with the latter. (laughs) Well, look, if you stopped this episode 15 minutes in and said to me, Truman, all of your title guesses are going to be space oriented. I'd be like, why the fuck would that happen? This is an episode about Randy (laughs) catfishing some poor adult woman. They really this this episode takes a hard left turn and goes straight into outer space. (laughs) uh well okay so what do you want to do here do you want to go into our thoughts on the episode or do you just want to dive right in let's dive in and you know we can talk about our thoughts as we go or later in in the episode okay. i mean, let's just let's just fucking do it yeah you know all right let's sounds good get in um, a van and just drive let's just hop in the rocket go to outer space and uh, let's do an orbit a few well, times let's just let's just have the missile we're standing right in front of get launched and push us out and drop us onto a chain link fence like that scene in the rock <laughs> Or uh, any number of MythBusters episodes. Yes, we start on the set of Tool Time. Yeah, we do, and and there's a special guest on this episode of Tool Time. <laughs> it's the Grunt yeah, Creep. It is. The Grunt Creep has like baby arms and baby legs. We, we're watching the evolution of this creature come to fruition. <laughs> it's and a creep-ture. it's very disconcerting. Yeah, it, it it is starting to have the same effect on me as seeing the fetus at the end of 2001 for the first time i don't know if that creeped you out at all when you saw that but like i'd seen a lot of creepy stuff in the movie at that point to get me to there but yeah but yeah it was weird it was odd but there's something specifically about the image of that fetus that scares the shit out of me it doesn't anymore but at the time it was like what the fuck uh that's what this grunt creep is doing let me suggest an even more horrifying sight end of 2001 we pan up from from (laughs) the earth Bum, 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 and instead we frame in Harpo Mark's doing the face with no this <laughs> the googie face Yeah, in, in space no one can hear Harpo talk because he doesn't talk anywhere really <laughs> Uh, I wonder how less creepy that would be if he stopped honking that horn when he was charging at people. I mean, he's still honking it in space. But you I just can't, can't hear it. Yeah. It's, it's a little less aggressive. I yeah. think and I he, think that would take just enough edge off that I'd be able to deal with it. He's <laughs> just got a big old-timey bubble helmet on. He can't really run. You can't even get traction on anything. This would be a Marx Brothers movie <laughs> <laughs> if they were still around. Uh, so anyway, the grunt creep has baby legs and baby arms, yeah. and it's... Sitting there on the desk as Tim and Al are behind it talking about they're doing the the uh, Tool time salute to salutes and so then the grunt creep starts saluting. Yeah, it's it's They're baby arms. They're very they're baby limbs, but they're muscular So it's like it's seeing those those pictures of like those child baby builders like from Thailand and I ch- know, child ba- Like the, they build babies like build a baby works. <laughs> <laughs> like can it build your own baby now. Yeah, you know, that's how bad child labor has gotten. We have children building other children <laughs> to go right back to work in those factories. We have to do something about this. It's just a perpetuating cycle. The, yeah, the baby of infinite babies. <laughs> um anyway, they Tim's doing this joke about it's a salute to salutes and then he salutes a thousand times. That's not really a joke. But you know what, it's a little bit better than what they actually are doing a salute to which is lady tools. Because yeah. ladies can't use the same tools as men. What's the deal with that? <laughs> What's the deal with the density of <laughs> ladies' tools? Uh, yeah, for some reason, all these tools, for this so are showing off the Lady Binford line, all of these tools are lavender. <laughs> they have lavender highlights with a very, uh, I would almost call it an eggshell mm. uh, base. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a yellow kind of... Uh, it's not reflective. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I will say, I once bought... Uh, a lady tool at the supermarket for myself to use. Uh, you're supposed to buy those at adult stores. <laughs> I. You're supposed to. The best ones that you get from the back page of Cosmopolitan. <laughs> uh, this look. Well, this one uh, was a combination screwdriver and hammer uh, for the lady who just. Hasn't got time to buy two different tools or for the, or for the 23 year old who just moved to LA and needs a screwdriver and a hammer and is poor and, and is cheap as shit and realizes there's a way he can have both. But it was truly, it was a shitty screwdriver and it was a shitty hammer. So I don't, so based on that experience, I don't have much faith in Binford's lady tool line. (laughs) I don't either for a myriad of other reasons beyond what you just described. (laughs) Um, so let's let's just make a mention real quick of uh, why what makes a lady tool a lady tool. Yeah, they're uh, lighter. Every woman likes a lighter tool. Uh, then they go into uh, the purse of tools. I can't oh, remember the actual name of that. The the uh, Binford Gal on the Go Evening Bag. So we get Heidi walking in in a lovely black evening <laughs> gown, lo- looking fabulous, carrying the sequ- gold sequin purse. Yes, I'd like to think. I, I, maybe this is a little uh, misogynistic of me to think that a lady came up with this purse. maybe it was a man. but if they if it was a man, uh, certainly has good taste in the outer shell of the purse. Yeah, the the outer shell of the purse looks great. Um. Anyway, what if it's Maureen? What if she's worked her way up to like a uh, project, uh, product development? You know, that would make sense. Like, I feel like Maureen would be really good at finding ways to develop girly tools for girly uh, tools, <laughs> girly tools for the girly <laughs> men or girly women. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, you're know, coming up with this is the sort of stuff that I could see her trying to pitch on the show and Tim not liking. But instead, she's gone above his head, and yeah. now Tim has to pitch it. Yeah. I, I mean, like, look, the, what we didn't see is the scene where they tell Tim he has to do a salute to Lady Tools. And there's probably a whole episode's <laughs> worth of Tim not wanting to do it and being obstinate and refusing. And they threaten to fire him. And he goes home and he talks to Jill about it. And he talks to Wilson. And Wilson gives him a quote. And he goes back. Like, all that happened. <laughs> it's a, the loss episode of Home Improvement. Yeah. They, honestly, they could have had that subplot in this episode, except we had to meet a <laughs> bunch of fucking astronauts for, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And the last... Um, well, actually I want to rebrand The lady tool the binford lady tool go line. go for it. Go for it. I think just a simple Adjustment, I mean take the colors out of it for one thing. Just make them tool color. Yeah um, But color the blind. most important thing yeah. is just take lady out of it and just make light light tools lite light mm-hmm. tools that way uh, I'm not emasculated as a man if I'm going, if I desire something as a, a lighter tool than, yeah. you know, the heaviest f- fucking steel wrench that I can find, if I want just a lighter wrench for, you know, more delicate Things and my <laughs> my little delicate hands, you know I don't have to be emasculated as a man and you don't have to put women in their own category So just make light tools or just a whole or just do a separate line of of Color tools like just just brand them on the color like call it the the, the, <laughs> the Binford rainbow line and they're all lighter tools yeah, That's a little that's Inching into NRA territory <laughs> well, I mean, maybe they do like the the Binford like I don't know it could be well look the the Binford salute to gay pride, and they've got the rainbow of tools. I don't know, something like that. Don't make tools for women. Make special tools for gay people to use. That will solve the sexism problem and create okay. no other problems. We just, we just make it. Just imply that if you want a colorful, lighter tool, you're a homosexual, and 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 let let come what may. Oh, I like that. Yes, but the the salute noise definitely would be like the salute, Barbara Streisand song. <laughs> <laughs> um, we go from... Oh, the last gag of tool time is that uh, Tim's like... I can't even oh. remember what the premise for this stupid-ass joke was. Well, okay, well, for, okay, Heidi opens her gal-on-the-go bag, shows yeah. off the tools inside. I only want to mention this because one of them is pliers, which Tim promptly uses to pluck his nose hairs. So just yeah. sticking things up my nose on TV. But then, yes, for the women who aren't very handy, it's the tool man in a tote. So... I. Break that open for me a little bit. Uh, Okay, well, in, ca- well in case of an emergency, you break the tool man in a toad open. Okay, folks, have you seen the movie Airplane? You know the autopilot in the movie Airplane <laughs> who is just an inflatable yeah. dude who at one point gets a blowjob, which was weird for me to watch with my parents when I was 11. <laughs> they definitely had forgotten that scene being an airplane when they rented it. Anyway... Uh, The tool man in a tote operates on those same principles. You pull this thing out of the bag, and then you pull a ripcord on, and then it turns into an inflatable Tim. So this is saying if you're so much of a lady that even lady tools can't help you, you have to get an inflatable fake man to take care of the problems for you. What what this is saying is that is that a woman like that? What the women are so bad with tools. That even a balloon shaped like a notoriously incompetent tool man (laughs) is better than a woman like looking up a YouTube tutorial or (laughs) in this era, I suppose, a VHS tutorial rented from the library. Yeah, Uh, it's not good. This is a very poor cold open in my personal opinion that doesn't fit. With the rest of the episode in the least bit. Yeah, well, th- this episode is again, it's 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 like vignettes. It's just there's a bunch of <laughs> it is. This is this is like the ballad of Buster Scruggs. It's a bunch <laughs> of weird little stories that I was overall kind of lukewarm on. I liked some of them better than the others. Uh, surprisingly, a lot of deaths. Yeah, in this I know. Episode. Extremely violent, and you know, I do like that Tim Blake Nelson sings so much in this episode. Uh, anyway. So, yeah, he, he pulls out the, yeah, the, the off of the, the tool man inflating, the screen, like, shatters outward, and we go into the opening credits. Guess what? Oh, Landon, you didn't, did you? <laughs> I did. You you made another? I doubled down. Oh, God. This time, watching the theme credits, I came up with a theory. Oh, you stole a theory from, from Brad now, instead of him <laughs> stealing a secret from you. <laughs> We're finally learning. Perhaps. Perhaps. Um, okay, so the theme credits is very DIY. It's yes. It's very public access, pee wee harmony, kind of, you know, yeah. get some crafts together and make an opening credits. <laughs> it sounds like you said pee wee harmony, which is when all the Pee-wee-Hermans <laughs> can stop their fighting and lay down their weapons of war. And they all sing tequila together. They all point their crotches and butts in unison. <laughs> Please, keep going. Okay, so what if Home Improvement is actually a show seen through the eyes of mark and mark every episode that we the audience is watching is actually a video produced home video by mark taylor so he's just every episode mark is directing this would be more potent of a theory with the knowledge that Mark eventually becomes very interested in videography. Ah, okay. <laughs> and well, and so these these moments of cartooniness when he's getting sucked into the vacuum cleaner or whatever are little skits that he's put together to kind of pepper up the the home videos. Wow. Yeah, I mean, hell, fuck it, man. Why not? We thought Al was a spy. Why not this one, too? Pile them on. It's like Thanksgiving buffet dinner. Oh, um, my goodness. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, no, I could... I don't know. I have to see. I have to see how how Mark's how story plays out. Yeah. Like, how good of a director is he going to wind up being? If if he is by the end of it such an auteur that he could yeah. conceivably have for the past eight years been secreting cameras away in his parents' house, then sure. Okay. The only downside to that is that this is a house full of hidden cameras and also a house full of hidden fuck spots for Tim and Jill. Sooner or later, a tape is going to be made that nobody <laughs> wants to be made. Well, see, that's why Home Improvement was able to be broadcast on network television, but there's also Home Improvement Nights, oh, which is circulating yeah. around the black market. That's the, the the name of that is Bone Improvement, <laughs> an authorized XXX parody. <laughs> uh, we go from the theme song to Randy's bedroom. Yes, where he is hard at work, tapping away on his computer like a total nerd. <laughs> who uh, does a computer anymore? Oh my god, who computers these days? It's all, <laughs> I mean, god, all the cool kids are, are hanging outside with their slide rules, but here's Randy logging on to the information Super. Uh, and brad comes into the room uh asks him what he's doing randy quite coyly says oh i'm just finishing up my homework except except he doesn't he you know kids in the 90s they didn't understand yet that other people could see the screen too i don't (laughs) think i don't think that is a learned uh trait yes so uh you know brad looks over his shoulder and sees him say you know reads what he's writing which is dearest molly yes dearest molly when i think of kissing you my heart beats like a symphony now isn't that from a song does it is it from a song? I don't, I don't know. know I I take issue with the fact that like a symphony in and of itself isn't necessarily percussive <laughs> Fair, so it's yeah. like there's it a can lot of be. It can be yeah. sure. i used a lot of percussion. Yes percussion percussion But, <laughs> but <laughs> it's percussion <laughs> <I make> some <laughs> Swedish meatballs <laughs> is your fan theory now that the Swedish chef was also Claude Debussy <laughs> Um, clear to loon, <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> uh, well, I I don't know. I'm I just I think you know. I, at first, I was I was thinking like Randy, come on, you're better than this. But then we find out that no, in fact, these are Tim's love letters that Randy is plagiarizing. So I guess it's yeah. par for the course that, that Tim would not be clear on what a symphony sounds like yeah and two weeks in a row where we get this kind of weird oedipus thing which is a little bizarre i i would feel uncomfortable as a 12 year old uh kind of diving into my parents past love life yeah well it's a little strange yeah and so and and i'm gonna come back around to that randy presently explains to uh brad that oh well you know, I'm I'm on this singles bulletin board. I've been sending messages back and forth with Molly, who's a 25 year old whatever. Uh, she think you know we're on on the singles bulletin board. She thinks that I am a 32 year old dermatologist. I told her I'm six foot four and drive a Ferrari. Um, all of this. He's using his dad's. He's found his dad's love letters and is typing them up to send to this woman. Why? It's, what do you get? Why? What? Uh, <laughs> Okay, I I wanna I wanna make sure before I go too deep into this that I wanna be able to identify is this one of those rare instances where I don't normally ever notice it, but are we having a a generation gap issue right now, like you and me? Yeah, like I I don't know, maybe. (laughs) I mean, I didn't. I mean, I know there's some gap there, but like, why did you do this in the nineties? This is what you did in the nineties before there was like social internet. But what a, I mean, like social media and then YouTube and the way that it kind of took place in 2004. You just catfish people. You would go into like Yahoo chat rooms and chat rooms. <laughs> are you? Are, is your is your voice changing, Landon? Is this some sort of weird delayed puberty? thing? <laughs> Listen, chat I've been rooms. hiding my true nationality for a very long time. <laughs> Whatever nation does that accent, I want us to go to war with. <laughs> wipe it out. chat rooms (laughs) it's called the valley oh oh. wipe yourself out oh man i learned a valuable lesson about prejudice today (laughs) (laughs) um yeah you would just you would go into chat rooms uh, you know i think in the the mid 90s for me it didn't happen until about 97 so it was a couple years after this i'm actually surprised that we're dealing with this in 94 it seems a little premature to me but Um, Well, Home Improvement was on the bleeding edge of culture. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, my trajectory through it was you would go into these Yahoo chat rooms and you would... God, I'm trying to remember the weird things. Like, it would be all, like, simulated reality in a weird way. Oh, like Second Life, yeah. Like, you would go into a chat room where the agreed-upon scenario is that everybody's at a pool. And then you would, like, uh, do the, like, little brackets, swims over to username... And says, "Hey, what's going on?" You know, shit like that, and it was weird. And then that would evolve into private messages with people. Wow. Oh, so that's where you you would swim over to somebody and start strike up a conversation. Then you'd slide into their DMs if things (laughs) are going well. (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. Wow. As someone who is amazed on a daily, if not hourly basis, at how dumb the internet is, that's dumber than the internet is today. <laughs> it was very primitive for the time. Wow, I just I just kind of love this idea that people going who are essentially, I mean, let's be real, they're probably trying to hook up online one way or another. But they, I mean, they, I'm not going to deny it. That's exactly what, uh, you know, 12, 13-year-old me was. I wasn't trying to hook up, but, but I yeah, was like trying to satisfy to that curiosity of like, you know, porn wasn't. You know I mean I'm sure it was accessible but it wasn't so pervasive the way that it is today to just come out the womb knowing oh I can just log into my phone and find some porn yeah you know it was as a 12 year old you like <laughs> you know there's probably porn in the womb at this point <laughs> there, but it's it's probably like magazine stuff or something there's a kiosk um, that's going into Oedipus territory as well <laughs> just, I want to gouge my eyes out um, that's an Oedipus reference. I, I, yeah, I know. Okay. I, 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 took ninth grade, Landon. Okay. Thank you. There's a, there's a generation gap, but we learned about the same ancient myths. <laughs> thank you. Just because I didn't catfish people in the mid '90s doesn't mean I don't know what Oedipus is. Also, you don't have to, you don't have to give me uh, primers on any Shakespeare stuff. I heard about okay, that great. too. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that was the ch- chat room culture, and then I think very shortly after that, Yahoo Games was initiated so you were able to like play card games and billiards and stuff like that with people in chat rooms and that kind of transformed things a bit more made a little (laughs) less gross it was never the same after they (laughs) brought billiards into the equation (laughs) it's like the pool was closed down forever all the kids just wanted to play billiards (laughs) whatever happened to our fun summary cosplay but that's where like you know, ASL, IRL. That's that's where that shit originated. Where it was like you're you're in a chat room. You're like, what's your age, sex, and location? Oh, I mean, yeah, I, I'm. You know, I was in chat rooms like, around, like I remember being in chat rooms, and like processing 9/11 in a chat room with a bunch of other guys within like five to eight years of my age. Mm-hmm. So I remember like the the like the later stages of that later 90s, early 2000s. Did you try to fuck them? No, because, only because they were vulnerable right then, and I'm not that kind of guy. Okay, fair. <laughs> I mean, I was running some, on September 10th, I was running such good game on these dudes. <laughs> but then 9-11 happened, and I was like, whoa, it's a whole new America. <laughs> we can't just go on the way we were. Fair. We have to make some changes. Oh, my goodness. Anyway. Back to the scene. Okay, so, okay, so Randy is doing a totally normal, common thing that baby Truman doesn't get, <laughs> by virtue of his youngness. <laughs> um... But there's also a very funny line that we both got a laugh out of. He says, "You know, she, I told her I'm six four and drive a Ferrari." And 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 Brad gets one of his best dunks of the series <laughs> yeah. yet. Uh, I don't. I didn't write it down, but oh. I laughed at it. Wait till she finds out you're four foot six and pedal a Schwinn. <laughs> it's just a solid written line. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, and you don't get that much bite back out of out of Brad usually. <laughs> Uh, so come to find out that Miss Lady Molly lives in St. Louis, yeah. and uh, yeah, and Randy is using Tim's old love letters to to just, um, yeah, to just I guess trick this woman online. This very long term con. Worth mentioning too that he's using them to the extent, as we said, as plagiarism to the point where he's inserting um, the metaphors of power tools yes. and and going to Sears, yeah, um, which comes into play later in the episode. Yes. Uh, anything more for that scene? No, except yeah. for the fact that the way we transition out of it is a new, a new level of transition. I don't even know what it was. Uh, I, I, I was not able to discern, 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 ascertain, ascertain. ascertain. <laughs> the, the new chemical. <laughs> um, it's two hundred times sweeter than sugar. <laughs> <laughs> Add some to your tossed salads. It's like a weird mixture of Kelsey Grammer's morphing into Orson Welles doing commercials. <laughs> I would say, there's a French champagne called Paul <laughs> Uh Kelsey Grammer really is, I think that when, when Orson Welles died, his spirit flew out and flew into Kelsey Grammer. And that is why Kelsey Grammer's life has basically been just, just, just the debaucherous end of Orson Welles's life for the past <laughs> 30 years, I think. <laughs> oh my god. So what was his transition? This transition is, the the characters are cut out of the scene and drop out of frame, and then a whole bunch of lug nuts drop into frame and start floating around and get chased away by a few pliers like fish. Like fish, or nose hairs. Yes, like fish, or yeah, big floaty nose hairs. Uh, Maybe all of those transition pliers were up Tim's nose, and that's why they had to throw them in the oil drum in the first place. (laughs) Uh, So, down in the living room, Mark is looking for... Yeah, we go to a subplot that I forgot to mention in the synopsis. Fuck me yeah whatever man we got the astronauts we got the catfishing those are the two big ones and so the the subplot being mark is prepping for a science project yes and tim really very much wants to help him with the science project and jill is saying like maybe let our son do his own homework also when you did randy's volcano for the science fair he got a d (laughs) another (laughs) lost home improvement episode yes yes and, uh, Tim, you know, so she's saying, Tim, don't take over the project. Don't take over the project. Tim very clearly takes over the project. Yeah. And, um, I mean, the, the scene in the house is pretty, you know, it's pretty cut and dried that, that, that is just set up. And then we get a planet transition to Tim and Mark in the backyard. Well, I have a few notes I want to go. Over. Oh, okay. Well then, then forgive me for cutting and drying so quickly. <laughs> Well, Mark comes in asking, uh, Jill, do we have any foam balls? Um, you know, uh, I, I immediately am thinking of Curtis from Halloween a couple episodes or a couple seasons ago. Oh, I think yeah. It, was, it must have been season two. Yeah. When he came in and dressed as Adam and he had all the things. Yeah. Um, anyway, this felt like a very 90s joke, but she goes... Closest thing we have to foam are these rice cakes. <laughs> like n- nowadays, rice cakes being shitty is like just so taken for granted. It's not even a joke anymore. I don't. I didn't even know rice cakes were still made. Like, oh, I would assume that people just stopped eating then so they would stop manufacturing them. No, you know, if we we as a society, if we could all just unite on this, we could eradicate rice cakes once and for. If we just <laughs> didn't eat any for a week, but all it's always. It's always your worst roommate who's, like, a bodybuilder or, like, a triathlete or something. And it's, like, you see him prepping his meals before he goes off to his job at whatever shitty place he works at. And it's all just, like, peanut butter sandwiches made with rice cakes in a Tupperware. (laughs) What a douche. Yeah. Um... My only note for this scene is that, I maybe it's just because it's the end of the season, but really notice how much Mark has grown. He it It's very clear that he's trying to play down now. I, I feel like they kind of downplayed him through the season because of his growth spurts, and now finally, you know, he's kind of evened out, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. what What's the worry there, that you can't shoot scene to scene? He might grow a few <laughs> inches in between? I don't know, but... Uh, because he's been so absent for most of the season, it seems the, all the more jarring to me, but so we get so, this planet transition into yes. the backyard where Tim is starting to help. We we get this transition to the backyard where there's a whole new camera set up in a whole new spot in the backyard. <laughs> it is yeah. not made abundantly clear where Wilson is in relation to the rest of this. Yes, that's true. Um It is weird. It's like it's almost coming from the uh gazebo area, yeah. shooting in the opposite direction. Um, on the 180 degree line that we're usually looking at. Yeah, yeah, and they're both sitting out there at a at the table, and I, again, the the beat is just Mark is trying to do stuff, uh, like he's trying to paint the balls, but Tim doesn't like how he's painting the balls, so Tim tells uh mark to do something else and then tim starts painting the balls and then it's like oh but mark isn't doing the other thing right so it's basically he winds up telling mark to monitor the air leaving the surface of the paint while i do all the other work it's very it this scene gave me a little bit of anxiety if i'm being perfectly honest yeah. i don't did you ever have any experiences where you're kind of doing something bonding with your father for me it was golf mm-hmm. um or you know any kind of i guess household uh home improvement stuff where you're trying to help but Wasn't there a meme going around recently where it's like, um, "I really the one thing I learned from trying to help my dad fix the engine was how to hold a flashlight." Yeah, Uh, you know, it kind of instilled that anxiety in me of like not being able to do anything right. I mean, not that my dad was an overlord or anything, but you know, there's there is that like. You can't do anything right by your father. Yeah, I mean, I've had that. that that's not That's not even really locked into any one, uh, one parent or even family in general. Just like a, a broader theme of my life has been this feeling of like wanting to help out with a thing, but not necessarily knowing how to help out with the thing and being scared that if I try to help out with the thing and take the initiative, I will mm-hmm. fuck it up and make it worse. So then I'm usually kind of frozen in a limbo of not knowing whether I should get involved or not get involved. Unless that situation is someone having jalapenos in their eyes there is there are there are times (laughs) when men must be separated from the boys and and good men must step forth to act against the tyranny of capsaicin in a good friend's eye and uh also my last name being caps i am uh, honor bound to fight against capsaicin which i really hope is the thing in peppers anyway that was the one case and i tried to take a stand and you know what Uh the least it would have been so meaningful to my self-esteem landed if you'd splashed that coffee creamer in your eyes but no you didn't so here i am still Broken human. <laughs> well, you know what? We still have uh, five more seasons to rebuild you. Okay. Well, hey, you know, we'll buy some jalapenos and get handsy with them and just see what happens. <laughs> Fantastic. And some creamer. Um. Well, let's talk. Is this the Wilson scene? No, Wilson comes later. The Wilson comes later. This yeah. just as soon as he tells Randy to watch paint dry, we transition back inside. Oh, that's right. It's not a transition. That's what's throwing me off. It's just a, a oh, cut yes. to. Oh Oh yeah. That, the yeah. No, a knock on the front door. Yeah. And um here stands jill opens and here stands a business looking woman in her mid-20s yeah Um, i mean to my eyes in her 30s but i'm sure she was in her 20s but i think she looks like she's in her 30s because i first saw this i was probably 12 which means that she would have seemed 50 so doing the math you balance it out she looks like she's in her thirties, even though she's in her twenties. I want everyone at home to know that when he was saying that, you could actually see the mathematical calculations swirling around his head, like Zach Galifianakis <laughs> in The Hangover. Yep, Zach Galifianakis, <laughs> <laughs> just just like just like a chat room. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, no, I mean that makes sense. Uh, what I noticed when I saw her is like, well, my my reaction to seeing her was, damn. <laughs> Because, I mean, I'm not trying to bag on meeting women on the internet, especially because I met my girlfriend on the internet. But I think in the 90s, the people yeah. who were meeting on the internet didn't tend to be as good looking as this woman at the door is. Yeah, and should we go into a, a minor character actor corner. Let's go. Is she is she <laughs> under the age of 18? Is that why? <laughs> I just want to take a moment and appreciate that joke. Th- thank you. Thank you. <laughs> a, a moment of silence for that joke. Um, We go into... <laughs> character actor Corner. Oh man we got we haven't used that door in so long <laughs> or the theme song yeah um which, which is this is uh funny. joanna daniels or joanna daniels ah. i don't know if she's from the Miss if she's from the midwest it's joanna <laughs> if she's from uh, california it's joanna okay um joanna man <laughs> she had a very interesting mm. stint here um starting in 94 going from coach oh wow to home improvement to ellen to Wings, to Mad About You, and then ended, kind of, with a uncredited role in Jerry Maguire, <laughs> and really took a steep dive after that. I don't want to actually make a comment on her career. I'm sure she's a... Obviously we, Is she, she a she's prolific? A, she's not that prolific, but she had a stint from 94 to 96 where it's just like, she's the golden child of... Walk on roles to yeah. sitcoms. Yeah, I don't actually remember her from any of those other shows. She looked really familiar to me, but I it seems like I probably don't recognize her from anything. Yeah, I, she's got kind of that. I'm looking at a more recent picture of her. She kind of has that like, uh, the, they would say this in a in a movie or TV show. I just have that kind of face. Mm-hmm. She has that kind of like sweet midwestern face that like she does. You know, kind of a, a um, um, what's a. Uh, Uh, Tom Hanks' wife's name. Rita Wilson. She has that kind of Rita Wilson inviting face. I don't know. Uh, uh. It doesn't matter. We need to talk about an actress's Face. Uh, well, I mean, you know, we can't. I mean, if it's germane to the, the it's not though. It's, her it, face isn't germane to her role, but here. it's not. It, but it's not like okay. I understand what you're wary of though. And it's not where we're like, welcome back to the Face rater podcast, <laughs> where we rank women based on faces. I give her face a fourteen out of ten. Oh, well, that that's great. Also, let me say, even if that was a, pod, like, that would be almost heartening if the way that men were objectifying women was just by rating them based on their faces. Like, I'm not saying. That it makes objectifying okay, but like, af- you know, it seems like so much of the internet is like, who's got the bitter butt? Or like, Ugh, the best tits. But, but like... You know, leave it to a man, though, to really objectify the nuances of a woman's face. So I'm sure over time... Oh, you yeah. like, you know what, those earlobes... Yeah, that you. What you would get on on the comment section of that uh, of, of that page would just be like uh, twenty three hundred comments per post. They're all about the Fibonacci sequence and like, <laughs> oh well, well, her eyes are slightly more almond shaped, and I actually find that scientifically disgusting. <laughs> Pass one star out of five. Oh man, um, I can't even tell if we're in murky territory anymore. So <laughs> but let's just get back to the episode that we're talking <laughs> about. This we should rename our podcast "Murky Territory." We could probably have bluegrass bands on there because that sounds like the sort of thing that we would be on. <laughs> so anyway, Molly shows up at the house. Yes. Molly has been corresponding with this man online who she's never met before. She's on a business trip to Detroit yeah. uh, from St. Louis, and she just decides, you know what? I'm just gonna go to this stranger's address now. Show up unannounced. I'm gonna I'm gonna pause you there. Yeah. First of all, Randy, why are you using your real name? I guess 94, you don't know better yet. I can forgive that. <laughs> How the hell does this woman have his address? Well, he. she said, no, I know this is the address. I sent him software here. And for me, that's like, okay, oh, act that. two of the episode. What software... <laughs> Because there was only, like, two kinds of computer software in 1994 to begin with. Now, Truman, I don't know if you're old enough to remember (laughs) this, (laughs) but AOL used to send free internet disks. Oh, wow. (laughs) So they'd, like, email them to you with, like, a download link (laughs) or something? No, they would send them hard copy. Oh, my gosh. CD for That was compact disk. Oh, oh, wow. Are those, like, is that, like, a USB thumb drive or something? Oh, they were these, like, three and a half inch circular disks that you would insert into a slot. A long, elongated slot into your computer oh, that would wow. read data from lasers. Oh, lasers, like in Fortnite, of course. <laughs> I, I had so many questions about about what, like, I don't know. I feel like I, I had so many questions about what was going on. Like, what software did she send him? Like, suddenly it's like, oh, she sent him software then, then it was more than just doing this for fun. He legit scammed her out of money, probably. <laughs> well, okay. So do we go into the questions we have about Randy's uh, antisocial behavior in this episode? Because I... he's catfishing. Yeah. He's manipulating. He's obviously just lying. He's using this woman for his own weird play manipulation benefit. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of traits on display here that are a little questionable. I It is, but it's like, at the same time, all these questionable Randy the criminal mastermind traits, but then it's also like, if he's such a mastermind, why'd you give her your real address? Well, you know, I think us as just mortal civilians can't quite crack the code of the psychopathic mind. Which is why we have to become immortal civilians. <laughs> Tim really has a funny line here. Oh yes, that yeah. I, I really want to point out because I yeah. I feel like we're we're a little too harsh on Tim. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it's no, right. Go, it's, it's it's no go, it's for, it. Due, go for it. Go for I it. Go for it. I like to point out when he makes me laugh. Yeah, yeah. And so when Tim comes to the door and goes, "What? Who's this? What's Jill?" You know, or is it Tim? Tim that answers the door because he's shaking her hand and yeah. Jill comes up and says, "Yeah, oh, you're holding his hand." Blah blah yeah. blah. Whatever. Okay. Uh, unimportant details. Um, when she says, "I'm looking for Randy," <laughs> is there a Randy here? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Tim goes. Oh, has Randy been skipping fifth grade to go to medis- medical school yeah. again? <laughs> so they're they're talking to her some more and asking her some more about this. and They it's invite like, her in to get yeah. to the bottom of this, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, well, what did he tell you? And she says, oh, nothing, just that he has two annoying brothers. His mom can't cook and his dad always injures himself. <laughs> so again, A, Randy has... Like Randy is loving pretending to be someone else on the internet, but he's basically just pretending to be an older version of himself, who supposedly still yeah. lives with his parents and brothers, it sounds like. Yeah. And again, what is Molly's logic? Like, I'm in town, I'm going to show up unannounced at the house of this man who I'm who I am in a very kind of tender like situation, like a delicate romantic situation. A tender? I d- oh um, maybe that's where the name comes from <laughs> from this specific episode i just want to I, always... I just want to applaud you for not trying to explain to me what tinder is because i know it's kind of an old app <laughs> I know you kids with your Bumble uh, uh, think that you've you've seen it all. <laughs> actually, I think you could turn the tables on me there because I know nothing about these new apps. Uh, you know, I well, I know nothing either. I used OK Cupid. Oh, fair. Okay, yeah, which is which is so old as to be a Yahoo singles. Je- <laughs> like, actually, the thing on OK Cupid is that you describe yourself swimming up to people in pools <laughs> and and saying hello to them. My girlfriend and I met hanging out by the imaginary water slide. <laughs> And then the lifeguard yelled at us because when we got out of the pool, we typed that we were running We didn't we didn't type that we were walking carefully. They they we actually got banned from OkCupid for that <laughs> Um, So they start getting to the bottom of this and Jill goes well, what exactly did he say to you? Because uh, I don't know that it's quite hit her that This has been a romance quite yet. Yeah, it's just kind of peculiar or maybe she's willfully ignorant until she hears the explicit details yeah. And then, so Molly goes, well, one of the things he said is that, uh, um, your, your eyes are like, uh, the headlights of a, and then Jill picks up the, yeah. the line going, a 1957 Buick Roadster convertible. Yeah. And then I forget what happens after that. I, well, go, no. in, I go into fugue states every once in a while. I, I, I know. <laughs> Look, th- we all have our own ways that we get through it. Um. Yeah, no, she just, uh, yeah, Jill picks up on it and realizes that Randy's been copying Tim's old love letters. Tim, who is standing there hearing this as well, Tim does not recognize the lines that he was using in his love letters. (laughs) Not surprisingly. Me, I'm just still a little shocked that Tim knows how to read, let alone write, let alone (laughs) write in a way that a woman would find attractive. But okay, you know what, fine, fine. Love is not rational. Yes, love, be not proud. uh, Love, grunt frequently. Uh, so, but so basically they essentially tell Molly, like, hey, Molly, this guy who you've been getting your hopes up for, who you've been corresponding with sharing, probably sharing a lot of intimate details from your life with this guy and opening up to, uh, it's actually a 12 year old boy. You've been outsmarted by a child. And Molly's response is pretty much like, "Nah, okay, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's like, it's as, it's, it's as though like somebody at the supermarket, they're, they're cart very lightly dinged to the side of your already heavily dinged up car, and you're like, ah, no, don't worry. This is the thing that happens, man. Life. And you know what? We just... Went through a whole decade of trying to come to terms with the fact that serial killers have emerged in this country, and we're right on the heels of Dahmer. Oh yes, what is going in on in the same region? I'm kind of, I'm a little nervous about Molly, to be perfectly honest. Uh, yeah, like I really, I really wanted the the stinger for this episode to be like Molly, like walking out of the house to get her cab or something, <laughs> and Jill coming out and going, hey, 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 and just like turning to her and putting her hands on her shoulder and saying, honey. Come on, like Molly. This is a girl who needs to be listening to all those true crime podcasts that girls like. She needs to be listening to my favorite murder. Like, don't don't go in the woods uh, and and all these other like survival tips. All those lady pods. Yeah, all those all those lady pods. The lavender ones that have thirty percent less ones and zeros in them. Nothing says lavender like my favorite murder. <laughs> well. But anyway, like and also just that not only that she was catfished by a twelve year old, but that she showed up to the house in um, front of the people on her own free will. Like I'm I'm pictur like that level of embarrassment to be found out by the parents. Yeah. Like I am I I am I am picturing now the like in two thousand six yeah the This American Life episode that she like she'll write a story about this and it was like this week's episode, love. Sometimes love has surprises. This week on our program, we have Molly, who was catfished by a twelve year old. And then she like reads the whole thing. Like th- yeah. I don't know. It's just she she takes this so in stride that she's either the chillest person on Earth or she has such emotional trauma already. You know, the funny thing is, I as we've mentioned on the show before, I'm watching Unsolved Mysteries uh, concurrently <laughs> yeah. while we're watching Home Improvement. But that show was on the air at the same time Home Improvement was. And the, the season that I'm watching right now happens around the same time. That in like 94 is basically where I'm at in both shows yeah, yeah. <laughs> You, you got to keep them keep them level with each other. You want to fully immerse yourself <laughs> I need to understand the cultural and historical history of this. He's only eating foods from 1994 <laughs> He only he's drinking a crystal Pepsi right now. These gushers are great <laughs> Um, stop trying to give me your pogs Landon. I don't want to trade <laughs> I'm just shocked that there haven't been more internet mysteries on unsolved mysteries yet Yeah, you know, maybe I mean maybe, well again. like I said home improvement is on the bleeding edge of culture So maybe it'll take <laughs> another year or two for, Fair. for uh, them to get there on Unsolved Mysteries. We got to go to this next scene, which is in the bedroom, uh, Randy's bedroom, where Brad comes in and... Well, okay. Well, I mean, I'm sorry. Tim and Jill explain all this to to, to Molly that she's been catfished. Oh, Molly's yeah. like, oh, yeah, whatever. And Tim and Jill go, oh, no, 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 no. The boys will be punished for this in the way that they say it when they are planning Why it. Why are all prank. the boys going to be punished for this? Uh, true, true. <laughs> well, they say when, you say when the kids play doctor, we sue them for malpractice. Yeah. <laughs> Which is going to give your kids some weird body issues down the line, but but <laughs> never mind. Yeah. Well, we're going to have questions about this comeuppance as well, but okay. uh, we'll get there. We go to the bedroom. Uh, Randy is receiving this letter from Molly, saying that she's going to actually stop by. Yeah. So it isn't so unannounced, but yeah. um, also indicative of a time when the internet existed yet we still didn't check it incessantly. Yeah. Uh, so he could have gotten an email two days earlier and not looked at it until. Uh, this moment he when she's downstairs, yeah. that's kind of what I assume. like Randy's home when she knocks on the door, right? Well, there's like a gap. This is the weird thing. She mentions to Tim and Joel that she's in town on business, thought she'd drop by and then, but like another day or two goes by before she comes to the house. Because after yeah. getting this email, so you're saying Molly has this whole adventure at this like dental conference, I'm saying that it was like an overnight thing, but basically Tim and Jill gave her $450 to extend her hotel stay and take two extra days off work. (laughs) So they could play a prank <laughs> on their boy. Just to do that. Well, you know yeah. what? Uh, I give him props for that. Yeah, if well, they do that, at least he doesn't turn into a serial killer or something. <laughs> uh, so Randy gets this letter saying that Molly's coming, and he's freaking out. Yes, just just totally losing his shit, trying to figure out what to do. Brad suggests they, that he uh, tells him that the old family moved, and just tells him that they're the new owners now. Surprisingly good, uh, good you know maybe separating himself from randy like he he's gone off into his own room he has time to actually think for himself now rather than having randy manipulate him and giving him ideas in his head yeah that's what that preteen boy is doing alone in his private room he's thinking a lot (laughs) he's just thinking and really doing a lot of the introspective well the computer is in randy's room he has to use his brain he gets the printouts from randy maybe (laughs) the dot matrix (laughs) it's that that you want to talk about an erection lasting longer than four hours? It's waiting on one of those printers. So, but but uh, Randy really likes this plan that yeah. Brad has come up with, and he says, uh, you know, he he says, okay, but what if Mom and Dad get to the door before I do? And Brad says, oh well, then it won't matter because you're gonna be dead. <laughs> and they and the scene ends. you get a transition where like grass grows up from the the bottom. Of the oh, screen, this is morbid. Yeah, and then a headstone pops up. It says, like, Randy Taylor, 1984 to 1994, uh, didn't get there in time. And then falls <laughs> forward. And I was just like, that's a lot of detail. That on was, these. it was we, intense. We are, we are, I think we are dipping our toe into what transitions will become in season four. <laughs> this is the cancer foreshadowing. Oh, God. <laughs> the cancer episode. The Very special. Um, uh, one thing worth mentioning in the last scene, uh, she she gave a little P.S. on her email that said, uh, P.S., I have a huge growth I want you to look at. Oh, yes, yeah. I thought that it was just going to be a joke between the boys, that that was a thing, but apparently they don't play it as a joke. It's a real thing that apparently Molly put in this email, which is a weird thing to put in an email that you're trying to romance somebody, which leads me to believe that this email telling him that she's coming by is part of the prank. Yeah, I I thought I thought that was understood that this this email was part of the prank Because I think that she oh how the tables have turned it's staying in the exact same place <laughs> My old brain doesn't know how to process information properly This is not now now Landon I don't know if you know but now in the present day We have this thing where there's jokes that get played. on Oh you young whippersnappers. Uh I don't not quite sure what accent, but I loved it <laughs> old accent. old old <laughs> From the kingdom of old. Uh, So, th- no, I think what this... Also, though, in your defense, this prank is structured dumbly. And this episode is structured <laughs> dumbly. Yes. Because she shows up unannounced. Tim and Jill intercept her with minimum yucks. Yeah. It's really not... It's not a super funny experience. And then they set up this plan to basically just have her show up again. Yeah. And so... So, but it means that the first time she shows up completely unannounced, and then the second, and then she goes home, sends another email, comes back again. Per uh, their plan. yeah, I, I'm just, uh, I'm stewing in my own embarrassment of this entire last ten minutes we've been talking when I started the conversation by saying, um, that you don't check your email incessantly. Because it wouldn't matter if you did, because he would get it at that exact instant, because that's when they sent it. This humiliation that you feel right now in front of me. <laughs> uh-huh. Imagine, then, had you been catfished by a 12-year-old and showed up at his house and his parents told you, and you're a woman in this situation. Just, the that doesn't factor into your embarrassment. You, you, you've really, really brought out my empathy for Molly. I know, I know. Thank you, you know. yeah. You know, we, we gave her her character actor yeah. corner, but let's give her her character corner and really feel for what she's going through. Uh, oh, my God. We go from this morbid tombstone transition into the kitchen where Randy comes down to Jill setting the table and he's trying to suss out um what uh Tim and Jill's schedule is going to be th- the next day for when Molly's supposed to arrive. Yeah, just trying to ensure that they'll be out of the house yeah. and Jill now, This is this is the weird Oedipus scene that yeah, I'm like this is going in a weird direction. Yeah, yeah. So she's said, oh well, you know, Tim's gonna be at work. I might be at a. I might be going to his boutique shop I like for a sale, but I don't know. Maybe I won't. Those sales just get so hectic, and you see women elbowing each other to just save forty cents on a bra and whatever. And and then Randy kind of follows her into the kitchen and starts encouraging her to go bra shopping, <laughs> uh, saying you could use a new bra. Yeah. Awkward line. Um, just this whole bra rift between the two of them was very weird. And yeah. she's like, "How would you know that?" And he's like, "Well, uh, Dad told me." Uh. And, and so you should go, and you should try them all on, and it's just getting weird. He he said like, and she she goes, well, that doesn't seem like the sort of thing your dad should be talking about with you. And Randy goes, yeah, I guess he was just really disturbed by it, <laughs> or like your bra's is really so, bad. It's getting absurdist almost. I, I mean, I I like the idea of it. It just doesn't like, yeah, it's just a little creepy when it's the the boy talking to his mom. But I I uh, also Women try on bras at the store. I don't get the impression that they do, but we, we, I also have no concept We need to have another female guest on this show. Well, you know what? I'm, that's not going to be the first question I ask them. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's the first question you ask when you're trying to book them onto the show. Oh, send, got it. Send okay. an yeah. email out of the blue from Randy Taylor, the 32-year-old dermatologist. <laughs> hey, vis-a-vis bra trying on. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, We go to the backyard where... Uh... <laughs> we get a wilson scene yes uh you know there's a planet transfer to outside where tim is painting the sun for the solar system <laughs> i kind of love this line I, this is how it starts uh, i just finished painting my son oh yeah mark randy or brad ah uh, wilson <laughs> um and then from there the scene is just you know tim uh, the whole it's... exchange which is weird that Wilson's giving advice on an issue that isn't even really part of the episode. I mean, it is, but it's so far in the background that I almost feel like advice isn't even warranted. Y- yeah, like, w- maybe like, Wilson, I don't know what to do. My my son lured an adult woman <laughs> across state lines to visit him. She sent him software. Maybe Tim needs to find out uh, just how close to criminal charges this is going to get before we start sharing it with neighbors yeah maybe so i mean i like it's this is really if ever there was something you need to discuss with your neighbor like (laughs) kids today technology we didn't have this shit when i was a kid what's going on but no he wants to talk about painting planets (laughs) um but you know what actually that makes more sense now because i wilson's advice was this very cliche proverb about give a man a fish and i'm like okay at some point we were gonna get around to the fortune cookie yeah. advice right oh, yes. i mean you can't go nine season eight seasons of home improvement and get advice every single week and not touch on the easy ones yeah the basic stuff yeah, that Tim i mean should have known. i'm sure nowadays even neil young still plays free fallen <laughs> Like you, have to hit those greatest hits. Yeah, people. Well, no, people would. You know, people are screaming out for it. They're they're calling. They're calling out. Do some basic <laughs> colloquialisms, Wilson. Play some stuff from your first album. <laughs> oh my god. Um. Do we? That, that scene. I mean, almost could be cut from the episode. I mean, nothing comes of it. Mark isn't yeah. even in it. Yeah. It's just, it. it's a thing. Yeah, and and the worst part is it delays us getting to this next scene that is totally integral to the plot of the episode and could not be cut in any way. <laughs> okay, well, then we get a bloop, 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 fish transition into yes. space. Yes, we do. <laughs> into tool time. Yes, we do. Tool time, where they're doing specialty tool week, and... I, Which, it feels like a, a coy uh, premise for, for the week, like... Why why like they weren't sure they were going to get the NASA guys until they were backstage. So yeah, they had yeah. to have a fallback of like, well, if we don't want to say space tools, we don't want to say NASA. <laughs> so we'll just say specialty tools and if they <laughs> don't show up cuz why would NASA visit a cable regional cable access tool show? Yeah, like the excuse <laughs> that he gives is like, oh, they're they're in town for a presentation at the Detroit Science Center, but it's like, okay, there's nothing else in Detroit. <laughs> Like, like, the, the all—it's like, yeah. Science Center. Then you drive out to Hamtramck for the Cable Access Tool Show that nobody likes, and then what? And you know what? Meet <laughs> the mayor. They—they <laughs> they had a guy come on to promote a karate demonstration at the Fox Theater. So I don't think Tool Time is very discerning with the guests that they have. I, true, true. I, I just, guess it's more a question of the guests being discerning about going on the show. Well, yeah, and that's kind of the thing. Like, I just in the '60s when the Apollo astronauts came back, they got ticker tape parades in Times Square. (laughs) And in the nineties, the shuttle astronauts, they just get to appear on tool time. Timper tape (laughs) parades. (laughs) I I mean, or even, or just even more broadly, like these astronauts go out there, they risk their life, they get back and they're honored by getting to be on home improvement. That's what we give them. It's, Oh God, it's, it's, Awful. We're getting ahead of ourselves. We are a little bit. So, walk us through what goes on here. Okay. Well, Specialty Tool Week. So, we've got the crew of the Space Shuttle Endeavor here to talk about doing repairs on the Hubble Telescope, which is a pretty '90s space thing. It is. Well, happening. I mean, I think it's a, a present California or Los Angeles space thing as well because you can go see the Endeavor now. It's it's oh. retired and it's uh, oh, yeah. at the California Science Center. And there's a huge placard in front that says as. The, as referenced on Home Improvement, <laughs> Season 3, Episode 24, uh, in the greatest, most relevant scene of Home Improvement ever. But yeah, so they have the, the, the shuttle crew come yeah. out, six people. Do you want their names? Uh, yeah, give me their names, I guess. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to have them. Uh, we have Richard O'Covey, Ken Bowersox, Story Musgrave, which is a fantastic Th- those name. Are, these are all some, some A-plus astronaut names. Uh, uh, Claude Nicolier? Uh, that's a French one. I, 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 Nic- Nicolet? Nicolet? I don't know. I, 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 I only know my my old accent <laughs> and my, my undisclosed <laughs> nationality accent. You're tearing me apart, Hubble! <laughs> uh, Jeffrey Hoffman and Thomas D. Akers. I mean, all solid astronaut names. You could yeah. set your watch, you could set your space watch to those names. <laughs> uh, yeah, but so they they all come out, and I swear to God, they talk to every fucking one of these guys. They just line up and take turns dunking on Tim. <laughs> Which I'm not gonna lie, I kind of enjoyed. I I mean, certainly yes, seeing seeing Tim get humiliated by by a succession of six different astronauts this is kind of cool. <laughs> I actually uh, the, so Ken Bowersox has the most uh, written yeah. bit here. Yeah. And I think he does... I mean he's clearly a non-actor, but I think he 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 tries to put in a performance that's actually pretty funny. You he, he like doesn't get this joke that Tim makes and yeah. you're like get sad about it. Yeah, <laughs> it's really kind of weird and funny. I no, I, I I like this. This is why I'm so hard on the Andretti brothers because it's like these <laughs> ast- don't no, no teach the controversy their brothers. The, <laughs> these these astronauts who who the work that they do is vastly more important than what the Andretti brothers do. They've studied <laughs> far more in life, I mean, they're all much better educated, and yet they're also way better actors. Send your NASCAR complaints to Truman Cap's care of Gruntwork Studios. Uh, care of Gruntwork Studios, International Space Station, <laughs> Space, P.O. Box, Endeavor. Uh, I don't know, man. I just like, well, th- th- yeah, these astronauts are pretty funny. I don't think that they're funny enough to necessarily carry a like eight minute long tool time scene where they all Fair. make jokes. Um, at one point, they then show. So Tim goes up to one of the guys, chats with him, like working his way through this line. One of the guys. Says to him, like, Oh well, my name's this. I'm a fan of your show, but not nearly as big a fan as this other guy. So this guy basically uses his meet and greet with Tim to set up the other guy. That's it does the whole line down, I feel like. It feels like a Marx Brothers sketch. Yeah, yeah, it, it does. It does. But then they just keep lining up at the back yeah, end yeah. <laughs> with a mustache on and a sombrero. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's also that's also how voter fraud happens in the US. People go out to the car, put on a sombrero, come back in. Uh, come back in an astronaut suit. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. I've been in space the Whole time. What are you talking about? And that's why astronauts are so overrepresented in Congress. <laughs> uh, but interestingly, space is very badly gerrymandered. Uh, yeah, so the this yeah, the like the commander of the mission or whatever yeah. comes up and, and is talking about, oh, we're such big fans of your show in space. We were even doing the grunt up there. And they show footage that Heidi wheels out a TV like the best day ever in middle school when you've got a TV on a cart. And, and it's it's shown off space footage of the guys grunting in space while floating around doing work in the in the space station yeah now i suppose uh, there's a reality in which they could have done this voice they could have put this all together in post i get the sense that like why would they even show up if they didn't actually do this clearly one of these guys loves home improvement so my question here is stepping back from tool time and just looking at home improvement and like and, looking at the Earth from thirty thousand feet up. <laughs> yeah, let's up. go. <laughs> let's go to the Endeavor. Home improvement showing the astronauts grunting in space is—it's not honoring the astronauts or the space program. It's really just doing lip service to itself. Well, yes, I will say yes, but I—I uh, I like, mean. Yeah, like it would be one thing if if Home Improvement asked them to do this in space. The fact that they did this, I think it's the astronaut show. Like, I think this is NASA public relations more than anything. Okay, I don't know. I I don't. It's like Jimmy Carter public relations. Yes, exactly. Pub- public re- public relations for peanut farming and <laughs> uh, putting solar panels on the White House. I I don't know. I I don't see this as that egregious. Like, I think okay. Tim is pretty okay overall in this episode, and I don't think. Like this is clearly just, hey, we're astronauts. We really like this sitcom that uh, most of America inexplicably likes too. So let's humanize ourselves by yeah. showing them about it. Right. I, I think it's more of one of those things. Okay, I, it just it seems a little backwards to me because I don't feel like the I don't feel like it's an even I don't feel like it's reciprocal. Like I don't feel like the space guys get their really their big show the display of their talents and importance in this episode at all. I mean, would, do do you want us to send them up to the asteroid like Armageddon, <laughs> like that? That could we that could be arranged. I don't know how. Uh, I uh possibly yes. I mean, I, you could uh, whatever. Yeah, call them heroes. I don't know. Do do something to just go beyond. We're having them on because they grunted in space. Yeah, grunts I, in space. <laughs> and in space, someone can hear you grunt <laughs> because we heard it. It's it, we we actually checked. Sigourney Weaver, if they do a fourth one, fifth one, sixth one, eighth one? What number are they on? I don't know. I don't know which one they're on. You can't scream, but you can grunt in space. Yes. Let's go into the end of the scene where Tim uh, is a little sticky finger thief. Yes. uh, He is a thief who loves that Rolling Stones album, Sticky Fingers. (laughs) Nope. Not even close to a joke, yeah, uh they are looking for one of their big space power tools, and uh they can't find it, and Tim is like, "Oh, must be lost all oh, whatever and then Heidi comes out and says, "Hey, Tim, I found this in your locker, and it's the big space power tool, yeah, and the astronauts all kind of give him give him the stink eye again, conveying so much with just a look that the Andretti <laughs> brothers could never even hope to get close to, um, yeah, so grunting in space wasn't enough you also have to steal their tools yes they are coming on your first of all okay this is kind of on the astronauts heads like why would you allow a person who has demonstrated that he's capable of destroying any tool he touches yeah to touch your expensive space tools you know well, a they already fixed the Hubble, so they're never gonna have okay. to touch that. These shit are going again. in a museum. They, they were, yeah. It's either whatever whatever they don't smash in their drunken astronaut <laughs> bender when they get home is going, yeah, getting shipped out to the Smithsonian. So the question is, do they make lady space tools? <laughs> Well, they did mention one of the astronauts on this on this crew was a woman. She was not there. They said, oh, she's uh, back doing all the real work at NASA. And then they all elbow each other and go, wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> Get it? She's filling out paperwork while we do all the uh, glamour stuff. She's making the sandwiches, you hear me? <laughs> don't know why I keep doing Hank Hill. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're, so I don't know. Yeah, There's probably a lavender one that is 30% smaller that they probably left in space. <laughs> Just floating in the abyss. Yep, yep, pretty. Much the that. abyss is under the sea. Yes, correct. Okay. What's yeah. the what's the what's the term for this out of space? Uh, the avatar. Oh, the Flo- avatar. floating in the it's avatar. Floating in the avatar. I don't know what's going on here. We get that's the, the love theme for the next seven avatars. Floating avatar in the avatar. Well, they debuted it in that in that Cirque du Soleil avatar thing. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I didn't know you were such a Cirque fan. Oh my God, we get one of the worst transitions. I think this episode, this show, has ever had. It's Definitely this episode. Truly bad. Um, we get it. An astronaut transition and it floats up from the bottom of the screen and goes through to the top of the screen and it's a big old astronaut suit with a little bit of astronaut space dust floating behind him and Tim's big old mug right in the center of the visor and and right on down to like burp, 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 burp. it's pretty good burp. thank you I watched Apollo thirteen and listened very closely to the foley <laughs> uh, yeah so I will just say uh Ground control to Major Tim. <laughs> it fits. It fits. Um, Ground control to Major Tim. It lasts so long, is the problem. Yeah. You, with this. you, you told it to get off the screen. You're like, I Begon. did it, it. was just like, it goes, and then you're like, okay, the transition's over. And then it's like, another two seconds. It's like, yeah. get the fuck out of the screen. Randy's already almost to the door. Yeah, no, people are talking and saying stuff, and you still got Tim's feet dangling into the frame. Uh, so. You know, anyway, we we this transition finally transitions us to the front room of the Taylor house. Uh, Molly comes to the door and Randy lets her in. And, well, no, no, well, no. no, okay. no, no, no. They, they, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Bape, beep, beep, beep. <laughs> the the truck op. <laughs> like, bape, no, beep, the truck op. Are you inventing a new language today on this show? <laughs> are you having a series of strokes? <laughs> <laughs> beep, beep, the catfish truck <laughs> up. Be, okay. Molly shows up, and she asks all these questions of Randy, and Randy throws out the uh, the wonderful excuse that Brad came up with. Yeah. Molly just straight up walks into the house. Yes. Uh, at which point, I was like, okay, the tables have turned a little bit. I'm not okay with a stranger just walking into a house, even if, only if it was one occasion you met his parents, like, they're not around they don't know if you're actually going to kill him or not. Oh, I see. I see what it is. So it makes you uncomfortable when women are assertive, Landon, is what you're saying? <laughs> not necessarily. I would feel equally, if not way more, uncomfortable if it was a man. Oh, so you're saying that women can't be as bad of murderers as men? <laughs> I'm saying they can. My suspicion of them is less because I was brought up in the 90s under the patriarchy. Ah, there you go. There you go. That pa- The patriarchy that we knocked out in, like, the early 2000s. <laughs> uh yeah well okay fair i mean she is definitely she's getting into her role she is fully emboldened (laughs) yes uh so okay but so she comes in and then is kind of just yeah walking into the house and randy's following along trying to make excuses and and you know tell her that oh the people who oh did they leave a forwarding address no oh they moved to china after the peace corps or whatever and then and then uh jill comes in yeah and says, "Oh, hi, Randy." And and uh, Molly goes, "Randy." And she and Randy goes, "Andy. Andy's my name. They I go by Andy. <laughs> I have a bunch of toys. They talk to me when I'm sleeping. <laughs> one of them sounds like my dad." <laughs> and then and then and then it's no longer funny. And then and then Molly realizes, "Oh, this boy has problems." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jill comes in, and then I mean, I I don't. My notes are kind of vague. Okay. Sort of, they, well, they the they her and Molly really get to the business with their little prank here. And, um, Jill starts to ask the questions of like, well, he's Randy. And she goes, well, no, 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 Randy's a 32 year old dermatologist. And Jill goes, Oh, Oh, I know what's going on here. Mm -hmm. Oh, based on these love letters, I could tell my husband is going on the internet as my son to pick up women. A tale as old as time. And then she just gets so distraught. I mean, she really gets into her role here. And like, you, you, (laughs) I don't know. If I was Randy, I would like, I would be panicking. You could feel the anguish. Oh, yes. Jill via... Patricia Richardson, is going through in this moment. Righteous and anger. And it feels a little vindictive to me. It feels a little like you're overstepping. Like, what is Randy going to learn from this exactly? You, you're you actually traumatizing him here. Yes, yes. You are setting him up. Because then Tim comes in, and they continue the charade, where Tim doesn't know. Uh, Tim's playing oblivious, and, and Molly's like now all up on him, and they're about to kiss, and Randy finally chimes Tim, in yeah, and saying, confesses. you know, I, I was the one that sent the letters. Yeah. Um. It feels very. I, maybe you don't have to worry about traumatizing someone who has no empathy and remorse. Yeah. Is that the thing? Maybe I think that's their. I think that's their logic. It's like if you know we know our boy. We know how ice cold he is. He was ice cold enough to do this. We. How do you fight cold with cold? <laughs> I, I do not know. What's cooler than being cool? Uh, ice cold. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. So that's, I think that's their their idea, basically, is to just be, to turn, like, Randy pranked this woman across state lines and got her to come all this way. The least they can do is freak him out a bit. Prank him over years and years and years of his life. Yes. Yes. (laughs) The scar Uh, tissue will continue forever. Let's break open a little bit how this resolves. Randy goes, Okay, it was me who wrote the letters. And Tim goes, Aha! and Jill goes, "Aha!" And Molly goes, "I'm just here." Yeah, uh, that was very weird of me they, they to say. They didn't even give her a, that that much. <laughs> they didn't even give her that rich characterization of having a line. And Randy just goes, "Well, guess I got caught." No, he just goes, "Wow, can't believe I was fooled by my parents." Ba-da-da-da-da, fade to black. <laughs> no lessons. No comeuppance. No, nothing. Just no, completely off the hook. No. Him looking at Molly and saying, hey, I'm sorry I did this to you. Well, we do have one more episode left of this season. I really, really highly suspect that uh, it's going to be without Randy. And the entire time, Brad's just going to be going, we haven't seen Randy in about three weeks. He's been stuck in the basement. He's chained down there. They will not let him go. Yeah. This is his harsh punishment for potential fraud. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're going to end on a cliffhanger. It's a classic three-episode arc. And the third episode of that arc is the beginning of next season. And while he's down there, he inhales some black mold, and that's what gives them the cancer scare later on. Yeah, yeah. That's what black mold does. It just it briefly you- seems like you have cancer. <laughs> uh, oh. Yeah, uh, I, yeah it's, it's just... I find that Home Improvement so often defaults to Tim and Jill catch the boys doing something bad, decide to go way out of their way <laughs> to prank the boys... In the process to teach them a lesson, the prank winds up being rather weak sauce. Yeah, and that's that. Like this would have been way fun. This episode would have been funnier if Molly just like if it had like why did Tim and Jill have to be pranking the boys? Why couldn't Molly have just shown up at like when they had family? Like yeah, they maybe it's just that I want everything to be the episode of Frasier. But like th- like this would be funnier if like oh Alan. You know, or like, oh, my boss is coming over mm. for dinner, and the, this person from the magazine, and we're doing we're doing a whole article about uh, about how to raise obedient good children, <laughs> or something, or like how your children shouldn't grow up too fast, and then this random woman shows up at dinner, yeah. and like. I, There's a funnier way it could have played out. Absolutely. Let's go through the last scene here real quick. And then I want to jump right into that where it's uh, in the backyard. It's our stinger. Mark has his finished uh, solar system. He got an A, which is great. He did it all on his own, apparently. Yeah. Um, And Wilson, he's just really supportive of Mark. And I, I really, I really grew to love Wilson even more. And I didn't think it was possible. Yeah. I didn't think so either. Um, and that's all we got. And Tim congratulates him, and uh, it's a happy ending for everybody. They they turn on the the orbital simulator on the on oh that's that thing right thing yeah. and it spins super fast and all the all planets the, fly all off. the foam balls go flying whatever. Uh, we get our outtakes where the NASA astronauts present uh, Home Improvement with a patch and an American flag that were actually in space on the Endeavor and a bunch of photographs taken up there. If Home Improvement can get a patch from the space shuttle, how come we haven't got one yet? This is something else you could do. Uh, in the early days of the internet, you might still be able to do it. I think it's a complete scam, but uh, you used to be able to just put your name into a, a website and name a star after something. Oh yeah, I mean, I feel like that's still around, is it? Because it's just like that's not really enforceable. Like, like I think that I think what that really is is yeah. just a list of stars with people's names next to it that connects to nothing and means nothing. <laughs> You are actually just sending your name into the vast void of space. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um That's all I got. That's that's the end of the episode. So let's go into yeah. final thoughts here. And uh I'm I'm completely with you on the structure of this. Cut out Mark's subplot. Yes. That could be part of its own show. You don't need a C plot to this fairly strong A plot, yeah. zero B plot. I mean, I it's weird because they make Mark's story feel like the C plot. Because it gives so much emphasis to the NASA thing. Yeah. But really, that should be... I mean, there's no narrative importance to the tool time segments here. No, no. Less so even than there normally is. It's re- like, really, the like the B plot of this episode is NASA showed up. Yeah. Because they give, they give that a big chunk of time to talk to every one of these dudes. They do. And so, yeah, it should start much later. I mean, this, I'm doing backseat writing right now, but... Um, or is it called Monday morning writing? What's, I don't know uh, what Yeah, Monday morning uh, quarterbacking, quarter writing. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Where I, I do feel like if we had started later in the episode, they could have made, spent more time where it was needed, where yeah. like you start with, uh Randy saying, "Oh god, she's saying, you know, I got myself into a mess. I got on this singles chat board and she said she's coming tomorrow." Yeah. And Randy having to deal with that over the first 5 minutes rather than playing out for the first half of the episode, that way you can give more justification to to Jill's prank here. Yeah. Um and and flesh it out a little bit more. Yeah. Uh I, I agree. I like that that's my biggest complaint about this episode is that it had a lot of potential to be better than yeah. it is. Like I they they are so hung up on getting as many guest stars as they can this season yeah. and i think it's really having a negative effect on episodes it's true it's almost like it's sweeps season yeah <laughs> rather than, well, than sweeps week yeah because yeah and they it's like and they never write it like, "Oh, we have this person, let's write it into the episode." It's instead just like, "Okay, we'll have a a tool time segment where they come on that we will yeah. just write a short episode and squeeze that onto the end." Well, in True Home Improvement fashion, they do completely contradict you because they wrote all of the cameos into Eve of Construction as a narrative thing. So, Yes, true and and the only way that you could correct me with that publicly is because I gave you that script as a gift. <laughs> Hoisted Fair. on my own petard. <laughs> so overall, uh, the episode was a bit of a palate cleanser for me. It, yeah. didn't, it wasn't problematic. Yeah. Uh, it was so, just bad. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't I like, don't even think it was bad. It oh, was you're just, right, it, I, it had bad. some pretty ho- boisterous laughs no, from me. Yeah, there were good, no, there were good jokes. There were some good jokes. Just a little weak in the structure. Yes. Uh, Which is nothing new for home improvement. <laughs> I know. It's going to sink, its foundation's going to sink into um, the swamp. The swamp. But the fourth castle that will stay standing. <laughs> Is that a Three Little Pigs uh, joke? Uh, that's a Monty Python and the Holy Grails joke. Oh, yes, the Holy Grails. I should have known that. Yes, because there's the you know the I built the castle in the swamp. Everyone said I shouldn't have done it, and then it collapsed and sank into the swamp. But I built another castle. That one collapsed into the swamp. The third one caught on fire, fell into the swamp. But the fourth castle still stands. <laughs> I love Monty Python. Um, I do too. Do you want to do you have any other thoughts on this episode that you want to I I have no more quote? final thoughts No more final thoughts. I'm All sorry. Right. I don't either Do you want to tell me though what the grunt count is the grunt count? No the grunt crown the grunt count is Tren. Tren? Really? Yes trend grunts. Wow. This is really on an upward uh trick Yeah, okay, and the joke stops now ten grunts. Yes, it's really impressive Um, and a lot of them were just, um, a lot of them were just Tim talking to the astronauts about space grunts. Yeah. Which is why, I mean, he gets a couple, three grunt clusters in there and it doesn't take too many of those to get you to 10. And we didn't really talk about Brad in this episode, but he displayed a number of, uh, things that really made him look like Tim's son. Mm -hmm. He himself opts to grunt. Yes. When he's alone with Randy. Yeah. And that was a little weird to me. There's no grunt pressure there. (laughs) Um... So that's interesting. Ten. Okay. Well, that that is uh, more than we have been getting. Yeah. Um, still very clueless where we're going to be for the end of the season. It's going to be. It is going to be a real shock. You guys got to tune into that end of the season. Super spectacular. Yeah. and Find out the true answers. I certainly will if um, I have time. Yeah. I mean, I edit. I'm going to edit it. So hopefully, I'll listen to it. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, with that, we'll uh, just say that with the super spectacular coming up. Uh, we have a few things planned. We are going to do an AMA uh, where you can ask us anything. So yep. hit us up, uh, info at gruntworkpodcast.com or any of the social media places. Um, by the time this episode airs, we'll have already the voting will have ended for our audio commentary. Yes. But at the moment, it stands that uh, Crazy For You, the Halloween episode is in a pretty distinctive lead. So I'm assuming that's what we're going to be doing, but... There's 24 hours left. Everything Everything can happen. Everything can change on election day. Every vote counts. Guys, just what's most important, whatever episode you vote for, it matters that you vote. So get out there hearing this after the polls have closed (laughs) and riot if you didn't get the one that you wanted. (laughs) Um i'm trying to think if there's anything else we need for the super spectacular i think that's it yeah uh so other than that we really appreciate you guys listening if you really want to help others find the show you can leave us a rating review on itunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts uh it really helps us um find new people yeah i already said that i said that twice yeah but yeah. it's important to find people in it this, is. In this you crazy workaday world of ours you've got to be redundant with your message to get through to people landon sometimes you've got to be redundant with your message to get through to people <laughs> Uh and in case you need some more incentive, remember that every time you rate us, we'll paint your son. Whether whether he wants to be painted or not. Uh I'm I'm not even gonna comment on that. You can find today's information. Clothes on, clothes on, it's face painting, okay? <laughs> you can find information about today's episode on our website which is www.gruntworkpodcast.com. I'm just going to take one word out every single week until <laughs> you have to say that whole sentence. <laughs> uh, while you're there, you can sign up for our weekly newsletter, which is a great way to be notified whenever a new episode is released. Uh, we're putting in exclusive trivia, the Grunt Count updates on Truman and I's various uh, other projects that we're doing. And lastly, you can join in the conversation by hitting us up on Facebook or Twitter, which you can find us at gruntworkpod. Pod. And with that, I've been Landon Solano. I've been Truman Caps. and remember. Our planet is a lonely speck in the great enveloping cosmic dark. In our obscurity, in all this vastness, there is no hint that help will come from elsewhere to save us from ourselves. So just think about that, I guess. See you next week!